0: From the Ground Up, a Clutch original podcast, the stories of the underdogs who made it.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our original podcast, From the Ground Up, where we tell the stories of the inspiring entrepreneurs. Today, I have here two female business owners from the UK, uh, Sarah and Sabrina. I'm just gonna let them introduce themselves. Sarah, would you mind starting?
2: Not at all. Um, My name is Sarah Fulford-Williams, and I am the co-founder of Our Own Brand. We are an independent creative marketing agency based in West London, Um, and we basically deliver for brands and startups who essentially want to stand out, be heard, and grow in today's world. So specializing in everything from branding and social media to video production and digital marketing. Um, we basically take stories and get them out into the
0: world and heard by the right people. And that's us. (laughs) And me. Cool. Um, so, hi everyone. I'm Sabrina Chavand. Um, I am the founder of a full service creative agency called Complex Creative. We are known as uh, the No Bullshit Agency. We um straight talking, no nonsense kind of agency. Um, what you see is what you get with us. Um, we specialize in the design and build of bespoke WordPress websites. Uh, in fact, my nickname is actually Sabrina the WordPress Witch. So, <laughs> that would be me, anything worse? WordPress, come talk to me. But we do kind of do everything as well um, that kind of coincides with WordPress. So the branding, the design, but the marketing around that as well. Um, Yeah, that's me.
1: Thank you, ladies. Um, Sabrina, let me ask you this. Um, You know, I always uh, like to start any conversation with the why. So can you tell me why you decided to start? your business and why the no BS and just like being straightforward became kind of like your your tagline and your model?
0: Yeah, see my history is pretty random. So I'm gonna give you a very shortened version of it. Um, but essentially I ended up um, creating an agency by accident. So most people I feel were agency side first. I feel like the standard story is they were in a big agency. They didn't like how it was done. So they left and went to do their own thing. Whereas I didn't do any of that. I was at medical school. (laughs) I I had nothing to do with agency world. I um, have always been super entrepreneurial though. I, you know, I remember winning like the Young Business Enterprise Award when I was a teenager and created like business ideas then. And so when I was at medical school, I created my first company and I was like, I really want to do something for money. So I started a teaching agency and I did that. And in order to to obviously do well with any business you need a good online presence so I tried to hire people to do some branding a website marketing and the bottom line is they all sucked (laughs) and I couldn't find anyone who's any good at it so I thought screw I'm gonna try and do this myself (laughs) and that's basically how it kind of started I always had a kind of design background but like you know never did it properly um and sort of self-taught on this weird journey. And then I kind of, you know, did some stuff for friends and family, um, got better at it. Then I thought, okay, I'm gonna kind of do this properly, actually studied, did some courses, got some qualifications, all that kind of stuff and freelance for a bit, got a bunch of work and then decided to start an agency. And that's kind of how it was. And the whole kind of no BS approach was started because along my journey, so many clients came to us complaining um so like their first opening email or phone call just be like right I just had a terrible experience with our web design agency like that was like the the most common opening line of every client who had come to us and we're like okay what now what's happened and it would always be the same stuff they're like you know they we agreed on a project but actually suddenly I got an invoice with like a million hidden fees or you know they they tried to tell us something and it's really complicated they say and they're throwing all this jargon at me I don't really understand what's happening or like you know they're just trying to confuse people and so so what I found from uh, what that other agencies were doing was just intimidating people into thinking that their project was so complicated that that's why they had to put a big hefty price tag on it And I just thought it was so dishonest and like uh, you know just horrible that they would take advantage of people like that so we were just we were always the agency people could come to who they could fully trust and I was like look you know you're not our client, and even if you want to stay with them ask us a second opinion. So I'd always be happy to explain to them what the real problem was, how it needed to be fixed and roughly how long it should take and they should judge how much that's gonna cost and it's up to them who they use. And so we always had this kind of no BS approach. We're not gonna intimidate you with jargon. We're gonna explain it in actual real English in terms that anyone can understand. And everything we do we explain why we're doing it and you know the reasons why we're doing stuff and the results that you should get so that the customer goes on the journey with us and at the end of the day I feel like every project should be really collaborative right like the client knows their brand the best but you know we have the most experience in the industry so together we should be able to get the best results but the client's not going to understand that unless they actually get what we're doing and why like to uh, some people just you know that's not their job they're not supposed to know what the right thing to do on a website is but that's why we're there so we kind of had this no bs approach where we're saying come to us we'll explain to you what your job is what you actually need and also just being able to say no to clients as well like for example clients always think they know best too as well when it comes to their stuff I go we need this we definitely need this and I'm just like you really don't need that (laughs) and we'd we'd, we'd have the confidence to say no that's not going to do well for you this is how we should do it and you know being able to challenge them but you know in a respectful way and so that's kind of where the whole no bs thing came in Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense.
1: I (laughs) think it's just also, since you mentioned the very beginning that um, you went to medical school, I'm like, I feel like some doctors do that. So they'll be like, oh, you totally need like procedure X, Y, and Z, blah, blah, blah.
0: And also you need this
1: expensive drugs, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'd only feel like
0: you're trying to upsell me right now. Right, and and I think that's definitely a thing in the US, right? So, you know, because here we we don't have, well, we do have private healthcare, but in the NHS, they've got no benefit doing that. I feel like in places with private healthcare, that totally happens. But let's spin that same situation on its head and take a patient coming in going, I have these symptoms, I need this drug, this medication, like, you know, this procedure done. How many times are they going to actually be right? Like, never, right? they would have probably read WebMD and self-diagnose think they're a doctor that's essentially what happens in my job someone google something go, oh i totally know what i need for my website oh and oh uh, have you heard what's new in the seo game i totally need to do this how many times are they right like never like this is the thing so it's the same thing these customers are coming in and self-diagnosing themselves or what they need to do on the website and you know they present a brief and so many agencies just take that brief and go sure we'll do it but that's the same as a doctor listening to someone coming in complaining and go I need this medication like here you go here's a prescription and like not even checking themselves whether that's the actual thing so it's also the same thing this the the correlations there are kind of scary and that totally happens in the in the field of the creative industry all the time and no one questions it like it's so wrong (laughs) and I see you actively nodding um do you you want to
2: The analogy is sure, amazing. I think it's it's interesting. We, I mean, I can agree more. I think we say very similar things that our own brand. Um, sometimes the conversations we have with our clients are not comfortable. They make people actively feel very uncomfortable. Um, because we disagree and we're not afraid to disagree with briefs or opinions for the sake of the greater good. And ultimately, I think when you're so close to your business, when you're standing so close to yourself, sometimes you can't see the wood for the trees. Sometimes you think, you know, oh, my competitor is doing X, Y, and Z on their website and they've actually just run a social campaign like this or their brand is like this, I should have this as well. And all too often, I think people approach agencies with the idea of what they should do because others are doing it as opposed to stopping and really considering what's best for them and their business. And that's something that we really try and help brands do is actually go back to the heart of who they are, who their customers are, how best to engage them and creating a brand and a strategy from that. So I absolutely love what Sabrina says. I mean, yeah, it's you would not give a patient um, anything that they'd ask for if they'd walked into a hospital. Um, And I'm actually nine months pregnant. So I'm spending a lot of time in hospitals at the minute. And if I you know could get see everybody that walks into my local hospital be given everything that they'd asked for I think we'd be living in a very different kind of society you know
1: (laughs) that is so true and congratulations on the baby is that the first yes it is thank you very much oh you're in for a bumpy ride
2: (laughs) (laughs) coming from experience Yeah, I, I think, you know, I've got my business baby and then this baby. So it's going to be a whole new experience as a, you know, female founder to be juggling these two kids together. But um, that's a whole other topic of conversation.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sabrina, do you have any kids? I don't, apart from obviously my business baby, which is already a full-time job um, times five, you know? So I don't think I'll be able to handle having an actual baby. I'm I'm impressed, Sarah.
2: (laughs) I mean, we'll see how it goes. (laughs) I can't send it back. No, I'm very excited. I think um, it's interesting. I mean, obviously, you know, we're all women here today. We're all females, female entrepreneurs, in women in business. And it is such a different experience for us to male counterparts generally. And I think looking at things even like maternity leave, how to balance the sort of work-life balance of, you know, being, let alone alone being a founder, being an employee, having a professional career and being, you know, somebody who wants a family is a really difficult thing. And I think the last year has been a really interesting shift for us all. Um, to kind of address how we look at our lives personally and professionally. I mean, we're all at home recording this at the moment, um, which is crazy (laughs) to all, like, for everybody to be working at home. And I think for clients of ours who, over the years, never would have embraced the gig economy, never would have trusted their workforce to work at home, um, there's been a huge mental shift, I think, which has been really encouraging and a lot of trust put back into the individual And actually, it's kind of showing people that you don't necessarily need a big fancy office um, to sort of be a super successful agency. I mean, we're a small, agile agency. We're 16 people. Um, We've got a small office. Yes. Um, Does it have a slide and a pool table? No. Do we wish it does? Sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I think it's, it's kind of taken the shine off um, the sort of wider creative and, and, you know, ad agency world in the sense that it doesn't have to be like a three, four, three floor glitz and glam office um, to kind of showcase how successful you are as a business. And I really think the last year has kind of made a lot of space for independents to show what they're made of.
1: What about you, Sabrina? Did, did, were you in office before and how, how is it looking like for your company now?
0: Yeah, we've um, we've always been office-based um, and, you know, I've had this conversation obviously with several different agencies and it's quite interesting to hear their approach because so many people are saying they're more productive now because they're all remote and they you can embrace the kind of talent all over the world. I don't know, I just feel like I... I don't think we do work anywhere near as well remotely as we do in the office. I feel like we are so much more incredibly productive. Like, for example, I think that our off agency culture is a very big part of who we are. And I love like the work vibe. I hire culture first, for example. I really do. And I, the a first thing I think of when I start speaking to, to potential new staff um are well, will they fit in and will they get on with the rest of the team? Because for me that's more important. I think you can you can train people up skills wise, but you can't train people's personalities or their attitude or you know their passion for something. So for me, I think that's way more important. Um and you know, we are slowly coming back at the moment. We are working, we're, we're in the office every Monday. Um, It was a nice to start of the week, really productive. I feel like our Monday, is more productive than the whole week put together that's that's just how I feel just because you know we're together we as a creative company it's just so much better to bounce ideas off each other be in the same room and communicate and it's just so much easier I get that you can do it on zoom but everything just feels the same everyone everything feels I don't know it just doesn't come across that well and I feel like our clients also appreciate the face-to-face contact and you know you can you have regular catch-ups especially I'm, I'm sure Sarah you guys are, are, are marketing focused more like you must have such regular catch-ups with your clients and have to tell them direction of where they're going mm-hmm. those conversations are just must be so much more powerful in person and you could you can you can assess their body language and everything much better and I just feel like they're they're much more meaningful conversations yes of course you can do it on zoom and presentations but I don't know for me I don't I know that everyone's saying, you know, remote working is the future. I don't want that to be our future. I want it to be flexible. I want obviously everyone to have the ability to work from home and you know, uh, you know, when your baby comes, Sarah, you will obviously need to be juggling, you know, (laughs) breastfeeding with like marketing at the same time. You can't be doing that in the office. So I feel like some (laughs) well, maybe, but you know. I feel like, you know, you've got to be, you got to be flexible. I absolutely feel like people should be able to work from home and people already did before COVID. If they've got a dentist appointment or whatever, they work from home, but I definitely want the agency life. I want the agency culture. I want the the bonding to be there with the teams, the socials, that, that feeling. So for me in the office has always got to be the right way to go.
2: It's interesting, isn't it? Because I think people fit is, the most important thing in any business and it's something that we really uphold here as well um it's personality over everything else it's the person over the skill set I mean we're so lucky to be living in the time that we are skills can really be learned um virtually at home largely for free um YouTube's an incredible resource for any would-be marketer and or developer like we've we actually have a dev, d, d, uh, front-end developer on our team who's completely self-taught so over three years like he's incredible um and he's probably learned more in the time that he's kind of studied than you would in a master's degree because that resource is available to us but also he happens to be a great guy so it just you know it is down to the people fit and I think hiring for that is one of the trickiest things and hiring in a pandemic has been hard I think for the reasons that you outlined Sabrina it's it's hard to gauge people's body language. It's hard to gauge like how people are um, in person and how they'll gel with the rest of the team. And obviously being so restricted and having to be home has been difficult. Um, that being said, we have hired through COVID. Our clients, I mean, a particular client of ours has hired you know, a team of 25 people through lockdown which is insane. But then at the same time, they've created this incredible culture, even virtually to sort of make sure that they have that engagement and, you know, personable touch of being a part of the business, really, and that they really do feel like they're important and they matter and they're there. So I think, yeah, it's it's going to open us all up to working more flexibly. And I think that's all anybody could really ask for is that we're just more in touch with individual ways of working and what works for individual team members really rather than trying to advocate for one thing for everybody
1: that resonates a lot to be honest (laughs) i personally was hired remotely because clutch has been remote um what is it emily for a year by now yeah so um well but also i've been personally working remotely for a few years as of now so it wasn't a weird process to me overall, but I can see how it could be challenging for someone who's been in the office for pretty much the entire time and then having to deal with all of this virtually, going could be really off-putting. Uh, speaking of off-putting, obviously, you know, all of us have good and bad days. How do you um, ladies motivate yourself on the bad days? Um, Sabrina, let's start with you.
0: <laughs> I need comes to me first. I was like, that's a good question. <laughs> I think um, as a as a business owner, you have a lot of bad days. And uh, you know there are so many times you wake up, you're like, hang a minute, why am I doing this? It's like I've woken up so many times thinking, right. I could be earning more money in a job for someone else with less stress um and you know I could finish at like 5 p.m and switch off and not have to think about it and then just wake up at 9 a.m and it's just like you know enjoy myself have my weekends off so why am I putting myself through this um but if your reason isn't because you freaking love it, then you're in the wrong job. That's the thing. Like, you absolutely have to love what you do as a business owner, as an agency owner. I think it's in, especially um, because you won't get up in the morning. You you know that you have so many different things to do. And as a business owner, you are you are you are like six or seven positions in your company, right? Especially if you're a small business you cannot put the bur- have that burden of like, you know, the stress of trying to win business for the for the company, trying to make sure your staff are getting paid, trying to maintain that agency culture, trying to make sure everyone's happy, trying to fulfill client work, trying to, you know, maintain good communications with everyone and make sure the finances are in place, <laughs> like, you know, socials, like everything, right? There's, there are so many things that just come up on a day-to-day basis. And you cannot be motivated to do that unless, you think you are born to do this. Like you think that this is who you are as a person. You cannot see yourself doing anything else because, you know, there have been times in every business, right? When you are at rock bottom, where you feel like, oh my God, how am I ever going to get through this phase? And I totally was like that. I totally was thinking, maybe I should just, jack it in like I, I shouldn't be doing this why I'm, I'm I'm miserable right now I'm stressed and I'm not really earning enough money and like maybe I should just go work do something else and I actually decided to have a bit of a, a think and I was like what else could I do if I could do any job in the world what would I do and I sat there thinking this <laughs> this is the only thing I can see myself doing and I just couldn't actually see myself in any other job in the world I just feel like this is the job that I'm meant to do mm-hmm. and you know while I don't think there's any job out there where it's a hundred percent good days but absolutely is not a job out there, Um, that's just life in general, right, there is no such thing as 100% happy and bliss all the time, that's just part of the ups and downs of the roller coaster of life, Um, so, you know, you just got to ride those waves, and then you, you have those days, and you have, like, you know, that feeling, and so I'm sure you'll know, where, like, you have a client who sends you an email to say something like, I just want to say thank you and your team for the amazing work they've done. You have no idea how much is done for our business and thank you and those emails make everything worthwhile it's like that feeling that you get that you and your team have produced mm. amazing work that has has not only made the client happy but also made the money and you know brought them happiness and like you know and actually just had a, such a positive impact into them and then and then onto their customers and onto it's just you know that everything makes it worthwhile and then knowing that your team is happy and you know grateful that they still have jobs despite there being a pandemic and you know that sort of thing and I think that if you look at the bigger picture that's you know that's what it is and I think that if you ever have Whenever you have bad days, which you will, (laughs) you just got to think about that. Think about the reason why you did this and, you know, the bigger picture. And for me, that's it. Like, I do genuinely love what I do and this is what I want to do. And so you know that you work through those bad days for those good days because they're bound to come.
2: I couldn't agree with you more. And I think, you know, something that um, I say to my co-founder who happens to also be my husband yeah. <laughs> is um, I think just as a business owner, you have to have very broad shoulders. You have to be prepared to carry the weight of a lot of different things and people. Um, hiring's a huge responsibility, having the financial security of a team of people in your hands. Um, And as Sabrina was there, just kind of like reeling off the list of things, you know, that you know that you have to do. That's literally me at 4am. I wake up in a panic, like, okay, we've got all of these projects to pitch for. Where are we with this client? I mean, we're very lucky with retention we tend to work with around 90% of clients long term um in some capacity or another just on things like social or if we're doing branding design website projects um and it means that we do kind of have those very open lines of communication but we also feel a responsibility to keeping them happy and you know making sure that they have everything they need to to succeed and really move forward so bad days that yeah i think it's interesting they they for me they provide a bit of a um opportunity to kind of really appreciate when things are very good and quite often when i get to the root of what is making my day bad it's normally my perspective that needs to change and actually nothing there aren't things that are really bad it's just that i'm feeling a bit shit and a bit tired and maybe i need to just have a coffee and have a word with myself <laughs> um especially when i'm pregnant and i can't have coffee <laughs> i have a fake coffee and a word with myself um i think yeah it's just perspective and as a business owner it's you know as a female business owner like a female founder there's there's lots of things that we face that you know men don't only one in 3 women in the uk are entrepreneurs um, there's a huge amount of incredible women who've gone on to have children, very highly skilled women who can't get back into the world of work because that, that door has been shut for them. And I think for me, especially, and having like a newfound appreciation of someone who's about to be a mother, um, it makes me want to create more opportunities for women in the workplace and not be a ladder kicker, not be someone who succeeds and then pulls the ladder up under me so that everyone else has to go and do it on their own. So, you know, 70% of our team is female. That, you know, as much as it's not a deliberate decision, in some ways, I think it is. I think the energy and the creativity that women bring to the workforce is amazing. Um, But likewise, it's about creating equal opportunities for people who are just really good at what they do and really passionate about what they do. And again, it comes back to the people fit when you've got someone who, you know, as Sabrina said, is prepared to wear a lot of hats, really muck in that's what we are as an agency. We're like a weird hybrid startup. And like you, Sabrina, I didn't come from big agency background. I came from, actually I was in the music industry for nearly 10 years, um, doing marketing and brand. Then I was in tech startups and had you know really great success with launching startup businesses. And that taught me so much about agile working. And it got to a point where I'd been working freelance on projects with myself, friends, my other half, and we thought we can do this for other people and add a lot of value. We have this amazing network of skilled individuals that we can bring together. And that's how our business began. And, you know, we've kind of grown at like 200% year on year. We're only three years old and we've worked with some of the biggest brands in the world, as much as we've worked with incredible small businesses, we're kind of industry and in size agnostic. Cause again, it's people over, you know, the project It's who we're working with and who we can kind of add value for long-term that really matters to us. And yeah, they kind of make the days better, I guess, to come back to the bad days question, (laughs) finding the good ones. And if we talk about the good days, on the good days, what would be
1: the things that you're the most grateful for?
2: For me um, is the people we work with. um, And that's our team because, they really are the foundation that allow us to kind of build and grow from Um, their passion and ideas and inspiration is really infectious. And, you know, as a business owner, or you, it feels like that film angels in the outfield, if you build it, they will come. It's true to a point, I think if you build the right team, you know, clients really recognize when you have that talent um, and skill. And that's something that I'm really proud of. And that kind of, is a win for everybody that we work with and, you know, people that we'll work with in the future. I think it's something we get resounding feedback from, from clients is that, you know, they feel like they have a personal experience of working with us. We become part of their team because we don't have those kind of, I guess, bigger agency setups in place where you have meetings for meetings sake and there's a hierarchy of account managers that you deal with you can pick up the phone and speak to a founder as much as you, know, you can pick up the phone and speak to our design team who are working on your project. We really want people to feel like they have ownership over what they're paying us to create for them because it's their baby too. I know there's a lot of baby talk, but we're building something new for their baby and it's really important that they feel like they can be a part of that process.
0: Yeah, I think I I resonate definitely with the team thing. I think that's one of the hardest things. I think um, so many people ask me, do you think it's harder to find clients or staff? I get that question a lot. And for me, it's always staff. I mean, clients can come and go. Um, You know, you'll get some who are project based, you get some obviously who do stay with you for years. But at the end of the day, there are more people who can be your clients and still be a good fit as a client than there are staff to have the find the right staff member, like I said, who has to have the passion, the ambition, the attitude, the right culture, and everything to fit in with the team. Um, that's rare, and you know, then to build up a, a whole team of those people who then complement each other, and you know, you, you at the end of the day think about it the people you spend. Time within the office, you spend more time than with your family. Like it's forty hours a week. It's a lot of time. You need to get on with these people. If you don't like them, then your your day is going to be hell. So you know it has to be a fun environment, and you know you have to love what you do. Because if you if you love what you do, you're better at it. You produce better work, and and it's the attitude is clear, and and it comes across to clients and everything like that. So for me, yeah, I agree. The staff, the staff are are. You know, kind of the most important thing. And going back to the whole good day thing, I think again, it's that, like I said, that that satisfaction of receiving an email, knowing that you've made a difference in someone else's life, and um, whatever impacts. I think that for me is really, really important.
1: Since you touched upon recruiting, which I think is on
0: everyone's mind right now, at very least
1: in the US, because unemployment is once again record low, so so hard to find people. How do you guys uh, go about it? Do you, um, as you mentioned, kind of just like put it out there and let them come? Or do you actively seek people out? Like, how do you find your best fits?
2: I mean, for for us, um, we've definitely noticed through the pandemic, just how many people are searching for work. I'm sure it's the same with you, Sabrina. We get about 50 CVs sent to us a week, um, just prospecting. jobs um which is crazy so we have actually hired some individuals who've kind of approached us and shared portfolios that way i think when it's a, a very specific role that is something that we'll reach out and hire for um again we've been very lucky we've sort of had a lot of incredible people in our midst that we've not had to sort of publicly advertise for particular roles it's either through clients or other agencies or even friends that we've had really good recommendations and to kind of come back to the people fit I think recommendations whether it's for clients or candidates are just like gold dust when you know this is a great person who comes you know really recommended and is highly valued by someone that you trust I think that sort of puts them in really good stead that said (laughs) that can also go the other way um I think it just depends on the person that you end up meeting and who you find, but yeah, it's a, it's a really difficult time. And I really feel for so many people out there right now who are trying to find a new role in, um, in a market that's really unstable in, in a lot of industries.
0: Yeah, I agree. This is a very strange time um, actually. And, you know, it is a buyer's market as well at the moment. So um, it's, it's a very different, different experience um so for us we've never actually sought out people um I think you know I've never I never I never thought to do that before um because I just I don't know never never really it wasn't the way that I did it um however now that is the method I'm I'm using in that sense as well like you know have something in mind kind of see people and actually target them and you know you know pitch why we're a great company to work for recommendations are absolutely huge um it really depends as well on the position because so for example we've always used um we actually vary against recruiters um i know recruiters have a bad reputation anyway but um you, i'm sorry <laughs> i i mean yeah that could be a whole other episode of why don't i like recruiters? so but it's but it's the reason again is that because if you hire culture first, you recruiters cannot do that. They cannot get that vibe from someone. They're just gonna look at a CV and base it on that. And it's just not the same. So, you know, I know it's more time consuming, um, but we would put a job up on Indeed, for example, and, you know, put together everything that we've got on there. We would put things in the job description, like little tasks that we want them to do. So say like, you know, when you apply, look up this and do this and and you know that narrows it down because you can see which people have done that and it shows you whether they're either just mass sending out a, a letter to everyone or they actually care about working for you guys as a company which is really important so um, you know we've done that in the past and I think that some roles are easier to fill than others for example whenever we've got a digital marketing role the number of applicants for that seems to be about 20 fold compared to like a, a WordPress developer. And it's really, really different. And I think with WordPress development, it's very difficult because you'll get a lot of people who are web developers, like, you know, whether that's front end or the back end, but they're very specific about the technologies they use. Um, and if they're like, say, a proper developer, in certain words, they will hate WordPress. <laughs> they're very anti-WordPress, <laughs> and they're actually just like, I'm not touching WordPress. <laughs> so you 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 need to find people who, and that's one of the questions I always ask. Like, you do realize this role I'm recruiting for is specific for WordPress I want you to you know realize that you know 80% of your work you'll be doing on a day-to-day basis will be on a WordPress website so you have to enjoy doing that and you know that's that's really important I think that really narrows down the the pool of candidates um but yeah um we do get hundreds of CVs sent to us and I don't have time to even look at a fraction of them but actually one of um and one of the girls working for me now, she's coming up to her third year anniversary. She wrote to me several years ago for an internship and said, you know, and but her cover letter was good. And I, I quite liked her work and I gave her a chance and she's still with me now um, three years later. So that was a great. So, you know, it does. It does work. And I think if you they seek you out as well, it shows you that they've actually found you and found your company interesting um and that they want to work with you as opposed to just another job on a job board so I think there are different ways to look at it and I think the more the more that you can narrow someone down because how do you look at 500 CVs and determine which ones are are the best to speak to it's impossible it's impossible so like you know
2: we've we're actively like avoiding advertising roles for that reason because yeah We um, put up an account manager role before Christmas and I think received something like 1500 CVs in two or three days.
0: Yeah. And that's a role that I'm struggling seriously with. In fact, we hired someone in January. They lasted a week. We then hired someone in March and they lasted three days. We've not had good luck with that role. So, again, I've gone back to scrapping it, and I'm like, I'm doing it in the meantime while we find the right person. And I don't think that's a good role to hire and onboard remotely either. That's one that we've struggled with. So, I really feel like that needs to be when we're stable in the office and back to, you know, that's something. And again, I think that's another role that definitely would work better under recommendations. You know, that's definitely another role that I think is important because it's personality as well goes a long way in account manager position. Definitely.
1: I have so many more questions, but I see we are coming short on time. So I think I'm just gonna ask you ladies for any final blessings that you have for our listeners.
2: I think from my perspective and what we do in kind of marketing whether you're agency side or you're a client I think the one bit of advice and the one thing that we keep coming back to as an agency post-pandemic if we can all say this yes unprecedented times that we're all absolutely sick of hearing in this new normal we find ourselves in if I hear that sentence one more time (laughs) I think I might have to quit my job um no I think it's just coming back to the heart of what makes us all who we are and that's our stories. And I think now more than ever, brands and agency owners, people who work within agencies alike, we have a responsibility to authenticity and the, and telling truthful stories. And for us, brand storytelling is something that touches on every touch point, whether it is, you know, your visual brand identity, your messaging style, your website, your social presence, whatever. I think we now have an opportunity in this kind of, refreshed world to look at things through a different lens. And I think use that opportunity well, use it as a time to put your best foot forward, either as a brand or a business and come out of this in a new way because consumers and audience groups, nobody's going back to normal in whatever way, whether we stay working from home, whether we go back to the office, none of us will go back to who we were before this. And I think we all have a responsibility to kind of think in a new way as we move ahead um and yeah I think just really encouraging people to do that and if you do need any help with your brand or your your marketing or production you know where we are we're our own brand.co
0: so I think um my final comments would be something I touched upon earlier is that you absolutely have to do what you love I think that you know Sarah, you touched upon earlier how easy it is to learn new skills right you've got every resource out there and you said largely for free like i said youtube you can you know learn everything on youtube pretty much so i think that there are too many people out there stuck in a job they just simply don't enjoy they are perhaps working in a company they just don't think they're the right fit for. They, you know, people are starting startups because someone told them it's a good idea or, you know, they're doing all these things, but they don't truly have that passion driving them. I think that you won't have a successful business unless you have someone who's so passionate about what they do. Um, and that passion can drive everything. They might be terrible at business. They might not even be the smartest person in the world, but if they have that passion, that fire, that ambition, that will go a long, long way. And they can get people to help them who were in the areas of where they're weak at, but there's nothing that can replace passion. And so for me, If you're out there as an agency owner i do think that stop looking at qualifications and cvs like i just think that you know you can you can check every tick box but they could still be toxic for your company i think that you cannot teach passion you cannot you cannot teach ambition you cannot teach attitude like that's something that they have to be born with i think that that's really really important and same as anyone who's you know looking for a job at the moment it is a buyer's market. It is difficult, but if you decide what you really, really, really want to do and you go and go for a job like that, that your true passion will shine and your, your potential employer, a person who's interviewing you will see that they will feel that and they'll be able to know, um, they'll be able to tell, and that would, that will make you stand out of any, any candidate. So that's my advice is that truly find what you love doing because, the cliche of life is too short all that kind of stuff it's true like you know do you want to be miserable doing that if if anything if this year or these couple of years of taught anyone stuff it's that yeah you life is too short you never know what's going to happen so you better be doing something you enjoy
1: and where can our listeners find more
0: information about your company so yeah we are so our our website is wearecomplexcreative.com we are on all social media and also um i'm actually starting our own podcast at the moment so we as as i said our agency is known as the no bullshit agency so our podcast is going to be called no bullshit talks and it's going to be along the same line of you know frank honest conversations about people who love what they do um different people from different fields who want to tell us what it's really like in that field not just you know what what's portrayed on social media or the marketing spoof that you hear I want to hear what it's really like so um yeah just different different people on each week and having um an honest conversation with them and so that's that's our podcast which will be out very shortly and um yeah search for that and you'll hear, hear more from us I love that
1: thank you ladies it was so refreshing I've had a like low-key roller coaster a week and you reminded me why I'm really doing this so <laughs> thank you and it's Friday so I'm going to have a great weekend hope you will too thank you again for taking the time to uh, be the guest speakers in our podcast today and uh, thanks to our listeners
2: thank you for having me yeah.